So if your children are about to listen to this podcast, I'd advise them not to. This is a podcast that is based on sexual orientations and a lot of talk about sex and a lot of things that is not um, necessary for young kids. So I just want to make sure that you know that so that you know what you're going into in this share. I love you, Tribe, but this is a sexy one. All right. This podcast is sponsored by Peak Tees. Peak Tees is a revolutionary company that was created by one of my good friends, Simon Chang. And the reason why I love this company and the reason why I'm sharing it with you and I'm happy that they're a sponsor here on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast is because I've never come across a tea company that I feel supportive of that is about being able to take tea and put it into hot and cold water and still have the best brewed tea ever. Most times you have to heat up the water to a certain temperature and most people don't have that training. I learned a lot from the Japanese culture about it. And I can tell you in China and Japan, tea is taken seriously as well as England. And if you heat the tea up too much, and you, you, it can actually ruin your tea. So what I love about their company is because they come in these packages, it's crystallization. And crystallization is really good because their cold crystallization technique delivers 12 times the antioxidants than other tea. And they have an amazing screening that Simon is very strong on, which is about you know screening for heavy metals, toxic mold, and pesticides. And there's nothing like it that I've seen out there, which is amazing as well. I consume about three cups. My favorites are Essentia and Hibiscus. And I love this company so much because I love how I feel in my gut health, my digestion. It calms me. I take it on the airplane with me. I dump it in cold water when I want cold tea. I put it in hot water when I want hot tea. I like the diversification of being able to choose if I want hot or cold water. So I love this company. And Simon is such a good friend. I love him so much. He's an amazing person. And so he created something so wonderful that I had to share it with Ancient Wisdom today with our tribe because it's so important for us to have a good tea. And this tea keeps me happy. It helps me feel uplifted. I drink it before I meditate. I perform healings on people. I drink this tea on my breaks. I'm constantly consuming this tea into my body because I feel like having healthy things that support us is so important as well as... As, you know, I really enjoy being able to, you know, have a calm part of myself that operates from a, a clear place of focus. It helps me to meditate for hours and due to the high levels of lithinine levels inside of this tea. And as you know, tea has been drunk by Zen monks for centuries to help them with the calm focus and clarity during long hours of meditation. And I find that to be very important when it comes to anything I'm putting in my system because everything has to be comprehensive or supportive to the, the lifestyle that I live. And because I want to live in a very meditative, loving, supportive place so I can be there at the highest level for everyone, I always consume things in my system that gives me that. So I just wanted to share with you try go out there get rid of all your other tea brands and you know and throw in some peak teas everything that i share with you on ancient wisdom today is what you need to have in your cabinet so i invite you to try peak tea crystals and you know just check it out their award winning blends are filled with so much love and so much support for our tribe and they are supporting thousands of people and many health and wellness experts worldwide peak tea is the first company in history to win 3 gold medals in the global tea, tea championships That's 
that's a huge deal for a tea because a lot of people don't even get close to that. So these tea crystals are life-changing and they're very supportive to where we are in our growth in our tribe. So if you're interested in getting peak tea, which you should be because it keeps you lit and having the best tea and having tea time is the best ever. Right now they're offering you, which is the tribal members, up to 28% off and free shipping on your first order. Simply go to peaktea.life. That's P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A dot life backslash shaman to unlock these amazing deals i love you so much tribe let's stay healthy let's stay lit and let's keep going on the lit train human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years and with those stories came the emotional spiritual and physical knowledge of the ancients Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast, and I love you. I am so happy that you're alive and breathing and on this planet, and that we're in this thing together to create this beautiful forging of light for all those who have lost their way, and we're here to bring those lost souls back into the light to represent themselves as leaders, because that's what it's about, shifting and lifting. And when we get into that space and we stay in that space, We are bringing illuminate energy, graceful energy, holy energy, sacred energy to planet Earth and to the people and to all sentient beings because we begin to create a light vortex of all of our energies, even in just the way we say hello to someone. Isn't that wonderful? And I'm so honored by you. So if anyone hasn't told you today that they love you, let me be the first. I love you love you, love you. I life you, I live you, I like you, I love you. And I see you and I understand that what we are dealing with on earth is real. And in order for us to be able to change the occurrences into a place where we're operating from this place of love and alliance of light, we all have to be leaders. And that's what Ancient Wisdom Today podcast is about, creating leaders to recognize and bring the message of love forward. So I'm so honored and so grateful for you to be here for today's share. And also, I just want to let you know, as we talk about leaders, right, we talk about what does it mean to be fully in that place of leadership? Well, being in leadership is about representing your truth and living authentically. And when you live authentically in a world that tells you all these taboos and things that you shouldn't do and how you shouldn't be as according to all of these rules and systems, which really don't apply to any of us as tribal members, they have bogged down and created such a resistance in the way we live our lives and the way we pattern our lives. And that's a problem. And that's something that we have to break through. And the person that I have today in studio is someone who is about breaking those barriers down, about living free and really holding the testament of what it means to be a woman in living in this moment now in our evolution. It's about really activating that woman as you would activate your Jai Jai power that I always talk about, which is that powerful energy that comes inside of your vagina that moves through your entire being 
and illuminates everyone around you, which is not just beneficial for nature, it's beneficial for men, it's beneficial for all your sisters, because when you're an activated woman, you're living in the grace of your beauty. And I have an amazing, powerful woman who's goddess, queen, elevator, stimulator, amazing, powerful queen that's in this studio today, who is a sacred sexual healer, a spiritual psychologist, and best writing author of Freedom and Feminism. That is so powerful. And she's here in studio with us to share her love with the tribe. Welcome, Anita Kopex. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. That just felt like a prayer. I felt it through my body, through my vajortex. <laughs> <laughs> Say that one again. Hold on. Let's oh, go with that one again. Oh, you felt it through what? I felt it through my vajortex, which <laughs> is actually one of the things that our beautiful goddess Molly Finley came up with while we were at a retreat. And she said, when all of the women, all the goddesses, literally it was the end. And she was like, I feel the vajortex. And we're like, that's it. That's what it is. The energy. Everyone was so awakened spiritually, sexually, sensually, like emotionally. And we just are, all of our vajortexes came together and just created this beautiful portal of healing. Yeah. Which is so necessary because there's so many um, women on the planet who've been told not to step into that place of their vajortex and honor that sacred energy that is them. You know, I just was talking recently um, to a bunch of doctors. I was on this show. And I was talking to them about how, you know, we can put a man, we can put not just a man, but a woman or anyone into space as an astronaut and spend billions of dollars. But our healthcare for women and, and, and our global healthcare, not even just our healthcare in America, our global healthcare for women is like the worst. It's a mystery. They're keeping it a mystery. <laughs> and that's actually something that my my teacher, Sam Isadora, who is um, now yeah, bless blessed in Psalm. another place, she would always say that to me. There's, they put so much money into putting man in space and they know nothing about our vagina. Yeah. Yeah. That's and crazy. It's crazy. I mean, just looking at a vagina, by the way, is just sacred. It's just to look at it is so powerful and so beautiful and has so much life and energy. And, you know, I, um, I really believe that if women are to really fully recognize their highest level of power and source is to be in love with their vagina. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before I was even aware of the amount of power that it was, because to me it was shame. It was, I was scared of it. But when I gave birth to my first daughter, I had these two days <laughs> of feeling the power because I all of a sudden looked around and I was like, wait a minute, every woman that's a mother has gone through this? Every woman that has pushed a child out of their vagina, like it was the most powerful. I just felt like I could do anything in this world. Wait a minute. This woman pushed a child out of their vagina. You know, like it just, it just was this whole awakening. And then all of a sudden it was gone right. after the two days. Cause then it was like, oh yeah, yeah. Everyone does that. Interesting. So you had a cathartic moment right before giving birth. After. 
right after. Oh, it was after. It was right after. After I had done it, after I'd felt the power, after it was just, it, it took me to another place because I had no idea of that feeling of pushing the child out of the vagina. It was like, I am the most powerful woman in the world. That's amazing. And then it was gone after two days. Or maybe it's not gone. Well, no, it's not gone now, but for at that time but at in that my time, life. Right. What do you, you know, uh, I want to talk more about, um, you know, your viewpoints on some of the difficulties we're dealing with right now on the planet when it comes to women honoring their orgasm or not being able to allow pleasure to be a spiritual principle for their evolution within their vessel. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. And that's very personal to me as well, because I was molested when I was seven, which now to me is one of the biggest blessings in the world. But as a child and holding it in shame because it was very pleasurable. It wasn't painful in any way as far as the actual experience. It was the most pleasure that my little seven-year-old body had ever felt. And then quickly I realized, oh my gosh, this pleasure is bad. And so I just pushed away pleasure in all forms, not just sexual. Anytime something felt too pleasurable, just, just beautiful around me, I would push it away. And so I think that I became very, you know, I, I straight A student, perfect, you know, I, 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 yes, that's my perfectionism that I, I, Oh, are you going on about that because of the (laughs) shamanic healing that I was doing earlier? Yes. Yes. Where he said that, um, I guess my issue is perfectionism. <laughs> let's just let's, let's remove the word issue. Okay. And let's just take a look at your observance. Yes. Right? Your self-observance is with perfectionism. And the more you observe it, you begin to see the silliness of it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So right. I was replacing pleasure with perfectionism. Oh. Wow. Wow. Because I thought oh, wow, that is deep. I have never put those things together. So I I replaced pleasure with perfectionism. And in that perfectionism, there is really no pleasure because I'm always just trying to be perfect, trying to prove myself, trying to be pretty enough, trying to be smart enough. And, and it served me in many ways. I mean, I, you know, like there's so many things that came from it, but But in order for me to move past that level of healing into a greater, just a greater self-awareness, greater being, um, I literally had to step into my pleasure. You mentioned trying to be perfectionist. And this idea of trying to be perfectionist is the idea of what? Because isn't the whole construct of perfection based upon the media and what the world has dictated to women um, about what it means for you to be loved and valued and seen and, and, and wanted? Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember thinking like before I had even had sex, thinking, oh, I, my body has to be perfect in order for me to even show my body to a man, that it would have to be perfect. And um, it's so interesting because, yes, because, right, the true perfection is divinity. 
That's right. And it has nothing to do with the perfection that is based on the societal ideals. Yeah. But isn't it funny how we are programmed to believe that the value of our perfection is what's on the billboard and what's in a magazine and so forth. And, you know, and that's what I really love about you and your personality is when I go into your Instagram or like when you meet me for like a fashion, fashion week show, you know, with, uh, Rosario and uh, Abrima for their show that they did. It's amazing. Um, you always have the most unique look that is so completely different from anything that someone would even think to put on or to wear. <laughs> You're very avant-garde. And yet at the same time, it really shows a lot of your personality. You know, so it's interesting because the whole idea of perfection can can take you know different pathways but it's like it's the same thing when you're dealing with orgasm right because orgasm a lot of times you know I'll see women say well you know she's had an orgasm I want to have an orgasm too or have I haven't had an orgasm and I want one like hers to have an orgasm too and the thing is you can't compare your orgasm because everyone's color everyone's vibration everyone's experience of life and the and the way that in which we've activated life into our experience from the time that we're a child to where we are now has shaped the colors and, the sh- and, and, and created the whole landscape of what that orgasm would be like. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think one of the, one of the observances um, that I have is that a lot of women are in their head. And when you're in your head, when you're making love or, or having sexual experiences, there's no way that you're going to get to your orgasm when you're just in your head and literally just bringing it down into your heart or into your pussy. It's, it's, you are not thinking about, oh, what do I look like while I'm having this orgasm? What do, what do my boobs look like while I'm laying down? Which I have definitely had many women talk to me about, well, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about what I look like. Girl, when you are having your orgasm, you are so fucking, am I allowed to yeah, say that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, we have that on, our, yes, on, the chair. on the show. You are so fucking sexy and beautiful and sensual because that, that energy of the kundalini is moving you back and forth and you are in this whole other place and the other senses are so heightened you might even have your eyes closed and it doesn't even matter what is necessarily around you and so bringing yourself in and and that that might be one of the most interesting things for for my ladies is is moving from the head and down into your heart into your even just even the lower chakras and feeling safe there mm-hmm. and once you're able to do that the amount of sensual healing is mind blowing mm-hmm. it's mind blowing because you are bringing yourself you are you are sensitizing yourself so instead of desensitizing you're sensitizing because you're bringing it down and how you can do that i'm thinking just personally mine was absolutely through the healing so i i worked with um a healer who went through my body 
to feel where I was holding. That's actually a shamanic technique. Yes. And I, I, I believe he's a shaman as well. Yeah, um, it's definitely, it's a shamanic technique. We find uh, the, the block. So you touch different touch, points. Exactly. And then when you find it, you push into yes. it. Which is what he did. And he's going through my whole body, nothing. I'm feeling nothing. I'm like, oh, I don't even know if he's going to find it all the way through my body until he gets to in between my toes right here. Like literally the last place. Comes down. This is my, my right foot. Pushes in between my big toe and my middle toe. And it feels like I'm being stung by a bee. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And he's like, this is it. Don't worry. Don't worry. And he's like pushing. I'm like, ah, like trying, like screaming. And all of a sudden I was like, not knocked out, but just went into this space and saw like a movie screen the last time that I was molested, that I was touched. And it fucked with me because I went to the man and asked him to do it to me. And that's what I had put away what I didn't want to, that's what was so full of shame because I asked for it and I wanted it. And I was seven years old. And so I had all of this judgment, shame, guilt, heavy shame and guilt with that. And as soon as I was able to let it out and say it and share it with, because I was actually doing it for a film that I created called Touched. And so it, it was it was all on film and, and I shared it. So each time I share about that experience, I, I actually shared about it at the the release for my book, Freedom and Feminism. And this woman came up to me and she was like, if a man held a gun to my head and said, what is the most shameful thing that has ever happened to you in your life? I still would never tell them that I enjoyed being molested when I was a little kid. She's mm -hmm. like, thank you so much for saying that. And I feel a lot of emotional charge because it's like, yes, I'm, I'm saying things that we were feeling. So many children were feeling that. And, and I'm a tantrika. I've been one since I was a little kid. I've always loved pleasure. And so even before I was molested, I was the one that was like, hey, you want to go into the closet? <laughs> With little kids though, right? Yeah, I was the same way. And so, but it just cut me off from pleasure. Like I cut myself off from pleasure once it was with, once I felt the judgment. What do you think that judgment um, stems from? Do you think it stems from religion or do you think it stems from the idea that in society it's it's not okay to be with a kid? Because I mean, for me, I was molested by my male babysitter. Every night he would watch me, he'd take me in the bathroom and watch me um, watch him, you know, stroke his cock. And then um, after he would do that, he would come and he would taste, he would put it in my mouth and then put it in his mouth and kiss me. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, I, I was homophobic for years. You know, I blocked it out until I had this one girlfriend um, named Swan. And she basically was going to school to become a sex psychotherapist. And she was like, the reason why you are so homophobic and the reason why you're this, I want to do hypnotherapy on you. And she went in and found all this stuff inside of me. And she's like, you know, you were molested and uh, you enjoyed it. And you have guilt and shame around it. And then because of that guilt and shame, that's why you hate gay people so much. Because mm. I was like crazy. I used to get on, uh, go with my truck 
and go to the gay uh, community and with my I would my friends and I'd have like these paintball guns and we'd wait for them to come out of the clubs and shoot them with the paintballs. Oh my gosh. I used to climb up and take the flags and smash and break the flags and and then um, she helped me, you know, by introducing me to a couple. And this couple kind of came into our life, and I kissed a guy for the first time, mm-hmm. and all this anger and rage came inside of me. And I remember being in the shower and just like screaming and crying, and like, and then, but then I after the whole thing after she's like, I heard you screaming and crying, and then she laid me down, and she's like, Did you enjoy it? And I'm all, Yeah, I did. She's like, Then don't judge that. Just mm. go with it and see what it feels like. And let's just kind of play with that with this yeah. couple. And, you know, it's interesting because I always tell, I, I had this one woman from New Orleans who came in with me and she also had a situation. And when I asked the spirits why she's having so much pain, they're like, she won't accept the fact that she enjoyed it. Yes. And when people hear that, they get really angry. Mm. They get upset. Like, how can you say a kid enjoyed being molested? They don't even know what it was. But in shamanism, we call it being charged. Mm. And what it means is, is that your energy frequency, your sensorium and your ability to operate in frequency is operating at a pattern based on your family, based on the people you're around, based on the structure of what's happening in your home and around your tribe, as we would say. When you are having a sexual experience, you're being sexually heightened, as we call it, you're getting charged. That means your frequency shoots up like it spikes. Absolutely. And that spike opens up all these awarenesses that you didn't, uh, that you would come into later after you go and experience life. But it happens sooner while you're still in that tribal structure that's saying, like, you know, you're supposed to be a kid and you're supposed to be experiencing this. And that spike. And I'm not saying kids should go out and get molested, but what I'm saying is for those who have set that up, <laughs> yes. right? They set it up before coming to earth. Yeah. And that's what I found out. And literally that spike has allowed me and you and everyone else who goes through it, they don't realize that once they accept it, you can feel subtle energy. You can feel frequencies merge into one another. You can hear sounds differently. Uh, colors feel different. The way someone hugs you feels different. The way I touch the soil feels different. As a kid, we were so heightened, we were able to see everything. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That is such an amazing, amazing description of that. Because as soon as I came into that realization and accepted that, within myself, because that's what I was pushing away. That's the journey. That's the journey. <laughs> exactly. And, and our, our great mother, Oprah, she was the one who literally, she was the first one. I, I was maybe around 11 and the TV was on and she spoke about how she enjoyed being molested. This was the first time I had ever even heard anything like that. My body started breaking out in sweat. And I'm like, everybody knows. Because I hadn't told anyone yet at that moment. <laughs> like, everybody knows. I, love I was you. like, everybody knows. I thought, like, literally was thinking my mom knows, my dad knows, my, all my sisters know. Like, it just felt like everybody knew. And yes, because as soon as I decided, not just decided, as soon as I accepted that um, that was a part of it, that I, it was the most pleasure that my body had ever felt. You're right. I walked around and I could feel I'm making love to the world. Mm-hmm. Making love to the world. I say that in my other shares. I tell people I make love when I talk. 
I make love in my emotions. I make sure. love when I eat. People listen to me eat. They're like, why are you moaning? I'm mm. like, I'm having, I'm, I'm having a mouth orgasm. <laughs> mm. I get up and dance. I start doing crazy yes. things. I get crazy. Because <laughs> even when I have an orgasm, like when I have orgasm and the people I'm in bed with, they're just like, Oh my God, what is going on with you? I'm like screaming like yes. someone killed me. My body's convulsing. I'm flipping upside down. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. I get crazy. Oh, I start, I, love it. I get crazy. I don't have, I don't have that sleep <laughs> syndrome that people have when they, after they, I always tell people, if you feel tired after sex, mm-hmm. then you're, you're, you're not operating your energy in the correct way. Right. Which is also, I, well, I didn't realize that with men as well. I thought that was a, the male thing was that they feel sleepy with women. If you feel sleepy, something's going on because what's happening is that when you have an orgasm, your body is not shutting down after that. It's ready for more and more and more and more. I have at least, I mean, I want to say 30 every time, but if I want to Oh my be- God, can I bow to you? Hold on, <laughs> let me second. I think that's why I'm jealous, you know? That's where men are real jealous. You want to know the real jealousy for men? <laughs> Is that you can go and go and go and go. Go and go and, and go. And unless you're a guy who has a god cock, you know what a god cock is? No, I don't. But I oh. mean, I, I feel like I do. So a god cock, <laughs> which is amazing because I have some friends who have god cocks. Okay. I wish I had a god cock, but I don't have a god cock. But a god cock basically is a man who can come. Yeah. And stay hard. Yes. And do it again. Okay, okay, yes, And come yes. and do it again and do it again and do it again wow. until he decides when he wants to stop. Really? What I did with myself, yeah, it's called a god cock. It's really amazing. <laughs> anyway, the god cock is literally very powerful. My friends who have god cocks, I'm like, dude, I bow to you. Yes. Because... I had to build up my resistance because I was one of those guys that would get so turned on. I remember this one girl used to come over and um, and we would have sex and then I would come really quickly. And I was just like, oh, God, it's so annoying. But then I started practicing edging. And then when yes. I, I would practice it for like a half an hour, 45 minutes, then an hour, then two hours and three hours. Now I can go for hours. Does your audience know what edging is? No, tell them. Oh. Okay, edging is a, an amazing practice that you can do because it also moves the sexual energy from the lower chakras into the higher chakras. And so what you do with edging is you bring yourself to almost orgasming and then stop. And then you just allow that energy, you bring it up through your chakras, just visualizing it. And um, you could do an edging practice for seven days, for for 40 days. Just be aware that at first you might be in a little bit of a bad mood. <laughs> just at first. <laughs> you're not releasing. But then when you release, it's just absolutely dynamic and amazing. Now, you used your edging practice then to... To prolong my prolong. to prolong my um my virility and yes. my ability to sustain in sexual pro- uh, pleasure, and also I use my edging practice as a technique energetically. So what I'll do is I'll I'll masturbate and practice my edging, and I'll, while I'm masturbating, I start thinking of all the things I want to manifest. So, yes, right. It's like, you know, you're rubbing the genie, the lamp, yes, right? Yes. It's like, so I'm literally like doing that and I do it and I do it and I do it. And then I wait and then I, I right before I about to ejaculate, I, before I come, I like stop 
And then I breathe and I put myself, sometimes I'll say a mantra or I'll do something. I'll tell myself how beautiful I am. Like, oh, I love my cock. Oh, I love my feet. I love my legs. I love my chest. I love my lips. I love my piercing eyes. Like I'll, I'll tell myself these things. Or sometimes I'll masturbate and then take the energy from my cock and rub it to other areas of my body. Yes. And I'll use like oils when I do it, but mostly I use coconut oil. And so I'll take the coconut oil and then I'll rub it into my legs for healing Mm. and then into my elbows and my chest and my whole body becomes activated from my cock. Yes. So literally, and the reason why is because I used to always ask my male friends, like when you orgasm, where do you feel it? Like I was always this curious kid and I was the kid that when friends would come over, I made everyone play spin the bottle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love watching people have sex, by the way. It's like my favorite thing. And like when I got older, I got my friends to like go to that stage, yes, you know, yes. and I would just be like, look at this art. This yeah. is art. I don't understand. Like, so you know, people, it's that so you beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm happy I can talk about it with the tribe too, because a lot of times I get this kind of like stigma that everyone's like, you're a shaman. You can't talk about things. I remember one time I was dancing and my sister came up to me and was like, shamans don't dance like that. You're being too sexual in your movements. I was like, oh God, Angelina, you really need to like, you know, like, I love her. go open it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since your marriage life, oh. something went shut down. But no, it's great because I, I always mess with her about yeah, it. You know, yeah. I, we tell jokes about it. But the thing is, as a kid, because I was already charged, I didn't even realize mm-hmm. where all this was coming from. But I would literally enjoy playing spin the bottle and watching how someone kissed. Or one time I made uh, this girl and guy go to third base with each other, yeah. you know, and I, and we all, all of his friends were sitting in the room watching them yeah. and, you know, and then like the girl asked me at the end, she's like, I can't believe you have you guys all watching me. And she's like, what's it like? And I'm like, it's art. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I, it's like, I can't even begin to tell you how beautiful. And I don't have hangups. Like, you know, I like watching men and men, women and women, men and women. I like watching any form of intimacy and mm-hmm. sensuality to me mm-hmm. is so amazing. It's yeah. like there's certain things in life where you find joy from and people watching on all levels, be it if I'm watching them be together. Um, you know, it's just to me, it's a beautiful um, yeah. art. You know, I did this thing with um, this woman named Nicole Dodone, or I think that's her name. She does this thing called Om Meditation. Oh, I feel like someone had told me about that. Yes. Yeah. she. I think that's how you say her name. I could be saying it wrong, but she invited me to come in as a master teacher of sexuality mm. and to her bench. She has like 200 people in this big auditorium and all, I mean, and I'm talking Hasidics were there, Jewish religious people oh, wow. were there, Christians were there. Like everyone was coming and they wanted to learn about sexuality. So my class was about um, the old ways like yeah. Egypt, Samaria, Mesopotamia, Rome, the ways that we used to be where you would bring fruit and you would bring water and wine to the, to mm-hmm. the bed with you. You would give massages. You would dance around the room together yes. and be and frolicking. And women were in temples and that yes. is how they accessed the divine. But you know, a lot of people don't know that, you know? Oh. They don't know that in Egypt, the priestesses would have a 24-hour orgy in the temples, but it was seen as a sacred act. As a sacred act. Then they would do the sacrifices and then they would do the ritual. Yeah. And it's really powerful. I, I you know, I, I find it to be amazing. But, you know, this whole guilt and shame thing, I really want to go back to that because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who hold on to that. And not just in women too and men too. Like, I mean, like I would say to you, you know, when you're telling me you can have 30 orgasms, like I said, a lot of men in the world are jealous of women vagina. Mm. They're jealous of the pussy. Uh, 
I was in a Muslim country. They're, yeah, they're, they're scared of it. Yeah. I was in Muslim, um, in, in, in Turkey, and I was in a room of all these Muslim men. And I said, and they were Muslim women and Muslim men. I was doing this whole workshop. And I said, raise your hand, men, and be honest if you're afraid of the pussy. Mm. You know, I asked, I asked them in the room, and one man rose his hand and said, yes, I am. And every other man stayed quiet. And I looked at all the men. I'm like, are you really that insecure to admit the truth that you are afraid of the pussy because you know the pussy has so much power that you that's the reason why we want to subjugate women in that way because we're afraid we're afraid that women are going to leave us and because they have a pussy they'll get another man who might have more money than us who might have more lifestyle than us might have a better a bigger cock than us a better this than us Mm -hmm. so we always have that in the back of our head as Mm -hmm. men of am i good enough for her. So in order for us, instead of, instead of facing that insecurity and realize that that's not how, that's not how women are thinking when they're in love, we immediately go into this idea of, well, I have to show her that she needs me more than I need her. So let me make it more about the money I'm bringing in or how good I am in bed. So a lot of men go into sexual intercourse and in fuck from the idea of pleasing you and not pleasing themselves mm. and not feeling the pleasure themselves because mm. they want to get out of that bedroom and know that they rocked your world. Mm. And so therefore they leave that situation and they justify it and they know like, oh yeah, if they hear you moan or they hear you orgasm or, you know, they, they, um, or you make comments to them, whatever in the mind when they're taking a shower or whatever, they're like, oh yeah, she, she loves me. I like, this is how men grade themselves as far as their power wow. and then they grade themselves based on their money as well yes and they grade themselves based upon how much input they bring to you they don't want to hear what you have to say because if you are to give input and give wisdom and give knowledge and your wisdom and knowledge becomes more superior than how much knowledge and wisdom they've given in a month they begin to think that you have more knowledge and wisdom and they have nothing to offer. And that makes that takes them down one more scale to you're going to realize that they don't have anything to offer you and you're going to look for someone greater than them. And that's, that's, that's called fear of the pussy. Wow. You just broke that down. It's absolutely true because personally with Sheldon, we have gone through that because when I was going through my healing I, you know, before that, I did not want to have sex. You got to tell them who Sheldon is. Sheldon is my partner. He's, we are amazing. We have three children together and he's, he's amazing sex God. (laughs) 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 So, but there was a, a, a good amount of time where I did not want to have sex. So to him on your scale, he was fucking up. Oh yeah, like, big time. He was like, like literally like life is not worth living. She doesn't even want to have sex with me. Yeah. Like he, there, there That's was. That's why women who withhold sex from men, two things happen. Either men go, okay, I'm being punished. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to change or because it's a form of manipulation, right? Or they go, oh, you're going to withhold sex from me. That's fine. I'm going to go cheat on you. Right. And then they right. justify it because you're not giving them what they need. But what they're not really looking at, it's not the fact that you're not 
giving them blowjobs or you're having sex with them or telling them how amazing and powerful they are, it's because they feel that your pussy is about to go away. So they're making they're making adjustments to get what they need from someone else so they can detach themselves from you mm-hmm. from that. It's really interesting how we've been taught as men in society how to see ourselves in our power and how do we operate when it comes mm-hmm. to any type of situation, when it comes to intimacy and connection and um, and sex. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. It's very true. And and he was able, I mean, the, the healing path that I was on, he was on his own healing path. So he, he was able to realize that about himself literally right before I started doing the shamanic healing of going through my body and finding where I was holding the issue. So he, he had let go of that feeling of the, the sex equating to his worth, mm. which is what he had said. It was like, I was worthless if I was not desired, basically. Right. And for me, I was like, this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> I'm like literally trying to heal. Like, like when we start start making out, I'm thinking about all of a sudden I'm turned into the seven-year-old and and like my experience when I was seven was was um the man had gone down on me. And so it was just really beautiful, right? And so when when Sheldon would go down, then I would all of a sudden be seven again and then be like, oh, I don't want to have sex. Mm. And so yeah, it's so interesting. Like the the um, I would say almost like the the pain that that people are going through with the different the, the male and the female. Yeah, very much so. But I I think you know from my perspective of things, looking at things shamanically, I think in order for us to move out of that pain body and get out of that pain body, we have to get out of the blame game. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. The blame shame game, you know, and cause that's what I call it. The blame shame game and get into how do we create a conversation Mm -hmm. that's honest. Yes. Cause that's one thing I loved about my girlfriend Swan is she never ever withheld from me. Mm. You know, even this girl that I recently um, broke up with, and as you know, I'm open to all sexes. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that the ones who seem to have taught me the most about myself and my relationships have been women. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, mean, I enjoy my male connections as well. It's just that I've dated incorrect type of men in that that regards. But for women. The women in my life, you know, like the girl that I was just with, we just talked the other night and it was really funny what she said. You know, I broke up, we broke up because I felt like she wasn't able to be honest about her feelings because she was being passive aggressive and I can't stand a passive aggressive person. To me, passive aggressive literally means death to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Like as a Scorpio male, yeah. the moment someone oh, is passive yeah, aggressive. Yeah, quadruple. Oh my god. Yeah. So any passive aggressive nonsense, like the, if I say to someone, if I say to a girl or a guy, like, you know, are you comfortable with what I'm doing right now? And they're like, Yeah, I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm cool. And then later they bring up that they weren't. We're done. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't handle guessing your mood. 
Yeah. I don't want to play the guessing game. This is not where's Waldo. I'm not I'm not Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to go on some kind of like some kind of journey to search out your your truth. Mm-hmm. I want you to be straight up with me. And what I loved about Swan is she would tell me straight up. She'd be like, um, you know, sex was horrible last night. You you were so consumed about getting off, you weren't even present with what you were doing with my body. My body is not your fuck toy, yeah. you know? Yeah. So just so you know. Just be mindful of that. So the next time we have sex, just be more attentive, be more present. Yeah. Look at where your mind is at, Dirk. Yeah. You know, and she like really groomed me, you know. Mm. And even this last girl, it was the Japanese girl, you know, we just talked about the other night how we were talking, I was, you know, because I want to see her again. And we're talking about the great sex that we have, you know, and she goes, Well, there was one time when I came to see you in San Francisco while you were on tour, and she's like, and you were just fucking me. Like you weren't even present. You were just using my pussy as a like you might as well just got a flashlight because you were literally just using my pussy. You yeah, weren't yeah. you weren't engaged with me. For some men, that can be difficult. But see, I'm an, I'm an activated man. I'm a different type of man. Yes. You know, you can say shit to me and I'm like, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Thanks for dropping that on me. Yeah. It, 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 you know, my ego was like, Ugh! but I'm okay with it. Like yeah. I'm, 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 I'm okay with this beauty and this breakdown because this breakdown is going to take me higher in my evolution. Yes. And I, and I want to see men be able to, I want women have that capacity, Yeah. but because men have this big wall of like, here's the rules of being a man. And if anything is said to me in these ways, it takes me down from this ladder right, 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 right. and makes me nothing. Mm-hmm. So now I have to be an asshole or now I have to not call her for a while because I have to get my power back. Yep. And I have to play this stupid game that I yeah. keep playing, which is not even necessary because what I really want is just to be loved and I just want to have someone who make great make love to me and have like someone I can talk to about things you know like I talk about to my girl my girl before um you know just the other night I was like even when we were together I was like I want to bring another guy in the bed how do you feel about that she's like I'm so glad you brought that up let's talk about it not really babe like really yeah that was the problem when I was with 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 Hank was the situation was that I would say one time he asked me we were um um, having sex and he said you know isn't this the most amazing sex he's like what's what would be missing that you would want right now and I go "Mm, a girl in the bed with us that would top it off and it just pissed him off he couldn't handle it couldn't handle it because in his mind he thought Dirk will leave me for a woman Yes, and then he ended up making that happen because he kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me till finally, I did meet a girl who was a goddess and it hit off and you know yeah it was like I'm getting more rea- realness here yes. than I'm getting in my own male relationships yes. and I've only been with two men in my entire life and to be able to have that um, the first guy I was with was this very like he's very macho drives motorcycles hikes builds his own house with his own hands that kind of person but he couldn't flow with my lifestyle Mm. but then the other one came in and he was like designing cakes for martha stewart doing all these things but he couldn't flow with my love for women Uh, so i'm just like dude like i can't but i think the brutal honesty the truth aspect of it all you know because i am man but i also have a female in me but i'm very aware of females energy and male energy and what I find that's interesting with what you're saying and what what's necessary is that the shame and blame thing comes from the self. Yes. It comes from the self and it also I mean it's it's born out of so many different things, societal things. But um what you were talking about with the truth, it goes on both ends, both sides with the male and the female. It's so important to bring in the truth of how you feel, which again 
all of this comes together because the blame and the shame we if we if we take the me too movement right now right we had to come out it's the throat chakra we had to come out and blame and shame right we mm-hmm. had to do that yep. this is what happened to me da, 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 da. but that's not the end of the story that's not the end of the story because we all live in the same world and us being the quote unquote victims right? And them doing it to us, how are they not victims of the same society? I know this may sound crazy saying it right now, but I, you know, I'm definitely- Yeah, when you actually brought it up, I started like going, oh my goodness, here we go. But it's so true because we had, we had to say it, right? But that's only one part of the journey because the next part of the journey then is releasing the blame on the shame on on both ends because some people whom i know personally are finding themselves on the other side of the me too movement who have been you know many women have come up and 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 said what they've done and you know and it's it's intense because all are they all of a sudden demons when we've just grown up in the same like literally we've learned the same things like this is what how they've learned to treat women. I mean, that's how I was taught. Yeah. My father was never could keep his dick in his pants. Yeah. And he would like, you know, that's why him and my mom divorced. It's like he was just my mom made a deal with him and was like, you know what? One time she was she was telling me, she's like, I was packing his bag, babe. And my mom was telling me, she's like, darling, I was packing your father's bag because he had a business trip. And I looked and I looked in the drawer and I saw his silk underwears and I put them in. I said, don't you want to make sure you have your silk underwears just in case you have to take off your pants? You always want to look your best. (laughs) You know, (laughs) my mom is hilarious. (laughs) And like, and so basically she told my dad, she said, keep your toys outside of my palace. Oh, wow. If you keep your toys outside my palace, you're a man. Do what you feel like you have to do if that's what you feel you need to do. But if mm-hmm. you bring your toys home, I walk out. Yeah. And that's what she did. He brought his toy home and she walked out. Yeah. But it's it's true See, what you're saying. It's it's hard, right? I mean, it's it's a hard thing to talk about because I mean the I was so happy about the Me Too movement. But is it hard, really? Anita, is it I guess is it hard or do we make it hard? We make it hard. We make it hard. Absolutely. <laughs> we make it hard. Ooh. Remember the first time I remember the first time you said something to me and it 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 was so honorable and so sacred and yet left an imprint in my life that was so you said one time you walked up to me. I didn't see you for a while. You walked up to me and you said, I had a dream that we had sex together. And that literally was like basically you basically on a soul level you saying to me, I see you. Yeah. Like, like it was, it wasn't like, it wasn't about the whole sex thing. It wasn't just. It was about the spirit. Yes. It was about spirit and it wasn't just sex. It was literally, you were, you were healing and you had, you had your, um, this is before I even met you. Yeah. This is before I met you. And I was supposed to go with my sister, Ivana and, um, go meet you. And I was like, I, I'm like, I'm sick. I was like, I can't go. And I've been wanting to meet you. And I went to sleep and I had this dream that we were somewhere in another country and there were women on these like beds and you were going around with, with, with your assistant who was this blonde woman and you were giving orgasms. And I was like, I was like, oh no, no. Oh, oh, oh." (laughs) 
<laughs> That's <laughs> okay. funny. Okay. And and I was just, I was like, well, wait a minute. What kind of healer is Shaman Durek? <laughs> is this something he does? And and that was like, literally, that's how I met you first in the spirit realm. Oh, I didn't know that story. And you know what? That is what I do. Is it? Yeah. I'm known in Muslim countries for giving women orgasms or oh, wow. reawakening their orgasms they never had. Like, um, I developed this technique where I'm able to go inside of a woman's vagina with the spirit and literally transport them to a temple where it's like an Egyptian temple and spirits come in from like angels. They're called cherubs. These, these special, beautiful angels that come in and they're the only ones that can make love to the human body. That, mm. And they come in and they make love to these women and they have orgasm. And I'm sure there's a lot of women who are listening right now to the share who've had sessions with me, who've come in for that reason. Mm. Even my publicist came to me um, one day and I said, you know what? You're not going to be able to reach the people that I need you to reach with the message that we have going forward until I help heal your vagina mm-hmm. and get your orgasm in check. <laughs> and so like she was in a booth. I think she was in, uh, she was somewhere in one of those booths, like, you know, when you go like stay like a rent an office type thing. She was in one of those booths and she had an orc. I, I was on the phone with her and I walked her. I basically took her spirit and she was having an orgasm and everyone around her, she's like, I she's like, I didn't care. She's mm. like, she just had an orgasm. And after that, she went and told all her friends, her Persian girlfriends, because she's Persian. They're like, oh my God, I want to see Shaman Durek for this orgasm. And I've even had some celebrities come in who like, mm-hmm. I haven't had orgasm and they come in and I re- I reinstate their orgasm. Yeah. And they have, sometimes I'll give them like multiple orgasms or sometimes I'll do, I'll have the spirit stimulate their clitoris to increase and uh, their pineal gland and open up their third eye and increase their energy. Sometimes we shock their G-spot as a mm-hmm. technique to open up their intuition. Yeah. But you, women have to be comfortable with it. I've had a situation Absolutely. where a woman came in and spirit asked me to do that to clean her from another relationship and then she called my team and was like i felt uncomfortable and this and that. so yeah. it's really a, that's it's, that's when the shame that's where the, the shame guilt, and the guilt and the blame and being yeah. able to really know if she wasn't ready like really i'm not ready for this work and walk out because not everybody's ready exactly and then that is that's one of the huge things because i am i am trained in tantra but i feel like for me it's something it's it's i've moved into something else which is more of just a sacred sensuality tell me about that i want to know speak on that so so with the tantra what i thought was really amazing is that it's not to me what i found was that it's not about the techniques it's not about just the techniques what happens is that when people let down the walls let down their shame, their guilt, let down all of those things. It's natural. It's completely within us. It's in that kundalini energy, that, that serpent energy. It's, it, we naturally all have it as we let go of these rigid rules from society, from religion, from our parents, from where, wherever we, we got these rules from. And so there are definitely some techniques that I love that I've learned from Psalm that, that um, I mean, the yes breath is my favorite one, which, which actually simula- simulates the same um, energy as having an orgasm. So after you've done it, it's like, oh, 
you know, I'm ready if you need, if you need more energy. And, um, do you train this to people? Do you think people can do um, sessions with you? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so the, the yes breath I usually do with, with groups, but you can do it by yourself. We've done it in Ivana's forest. Um, it's amazing. But, um, to me, you know, one of the greatest things that Tom taught me, taught me was just releasing those walls. Like literally she had me, she, I, I went up and, and she was, she was coaching me through and she just was like, have you talked to the man that molested you? I'm like, no, she, have you, you haven't told him about how you feel it's, it's, you know, just affected your, your life and, and your own power, your own voice. And I'm like, no, she's like, go get your phone. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I don't have his number. And she was like, he's on Facebook. And I was like, oh God. And so I send him a message on Facebook. And was she, this the time you were doing that intensive? Yes. This is the time when you met this me and Gwyneth the, for dinner? It is. So you were raw, girl. I, I had not eaten for 10 days yeah, you before were just sitting Gwyneth, there. Gwyneth cooked that dinner for me. <laughs> me and Gwyneth were looking at you and you were just like on the couch. You were like, you were just like, a, a, like to me, honestly, when I was looking at you, I was a little bit concerned. because you A were little in, bit. <laughs> it, I was a little bit concerned, you know? I mean, more so because, because I, wasn't, I wasn't there to meet you i was at brad's house and so brad and i were hanging out and being boys and then gwyneth was like when are you guys coming to dinner you have a friend here that just got to my house and you're not even here to greet her <laughs> so i was like okay sis so i like brad i was like brad we're in trouble we gotta go now so we get over there and you guys are in the back part of the house and yeah. you looked like someone had ripped you apart and put you back and you were like this little kid who's like it just like raw and i hadn't eaten for 10 days Wow, and, and you got you, Gwyneth cooking. That's the thing is oh. that you were like, Gwyneth wants to cook for, for me and would you come over? And I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to go and not be able to eat. I, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to feel so bad. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dead. This is how you die. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to be able to eat. Yeah. No, you don't go to Gwyneth's That's house what I and thought. not eat. She, it was, the whole thing was healing. Yeah. Like, like you being there, Gwyneth's cooking, the, the, the company, the, the, the conversations we were having literally like when I, when I got the soup, cause I had the soup. Cause I was like, let me, maybe I can try this. I ate, I was able to eat. But yes, it was that time. And, and I had had that conversation. Like literally, she was like, text him. And when you have the conversation, say it as the 40-year-old woman that you are right now. Mm. Do not go back into that seven-year-old. And so we literally, like as soon as I sent that message, he was like, yes, I've been waiting to have this conversation my whole life, basically. Ooh. And so we spoke. It was the most beautiful conversation and he was able to apologize. He was able to say that he, you know, like I've been thinking about it and I've been following your journey. And um, he had said that the same thing had happened to him when he was younger, which he thinks may have, you know, blurred same age and everything. He was seven, may have blurred some of the lines for him. And um, it just was the most empowering conversation. And I don't think that he would be ready to have that conversation out 
you know, in the open, but right. I was just like, how amazing would it be for people to just hear this? I mean, just the dialogue between <sighs> the two would create such a healing. Yeah. Which, which it did. Yeah. Which it did, which was another thing because Sam was like, Anita, how do you feel when you walk into a boardroom with all of your men? This is when I'm at, at, was at Heart and Soul. So I was the editor in chief of Heart and Soul for five years. And it was all men on the board. Uh, eventually there was one woman, one other woman other than me. And, and as soon as, if there was any, anything that was like any argument or anything like that, I would bow down really quickly while I'm in there. And then, and then as soon as I was out, I would fix everything. And, you know, my perfectionism would come in and fix all the shit they were talking about. Yeah. I didn't like that job. No, no, no. I, I didn't you, like, I, I used to get really didn't. angry. I know. I know. That's okay. <laughs> Obviously, because you're talking about it, it's making me angry right now. So I'm just like, how dare they not honor the goddess? They have no idea who was in that room with them. Yeah, you know me. I'm, I'm a little crazy. Come in with my staff and stuff with an onk sitting on top. I love that. <laughs> I really wish. I really wish. Oh, but no, that was a, a huge learning lesson. And and it was beautiful too. Ivana. What did you learn from that lesson? I'm, 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 I would like to know about that. Absolutely. My, my power, my own power, bringing it back. I mean, I, I knew. Because there's a, a lot of, a lot of women. Huge lesson for me was what you taught me because I was in there. You know, when you look at a magazine, you see this whole staff of people doing all these different things. So I was doing every single thing because, because of the, they didn't have that much money at the time. And um, it was just, it was just all, I, I was doing everything. I was paying them. I was, I was writing things. I was editing. I was, you know, like just doing all of these things where you would have different teams to do things. And I had this dinner with Durek and he just sat there and was like, you're fucking up. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I'm doing my thing. I'm doing, oh, oh, you think that you can do everyone else's job better than they can do it? I'm like, what? No. No, I just don't have, oh, no, no, no. You're not allowing other people to shine. You're not allowing other people to help you. And I was like, no, that's not what's happening. And then literally right after you told me that, I started reaching out for people to help. Mm. And even in my house, I got a cleaning lady, which, because I was doing everything in my house by myself too. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Thanks for refreshing my memory. Yes. I was doing everything in my house, making sure I would be home to take the kids to school, making sure I would be home to pick them up, doing the whole magazine. You're a power mom. I was trying to do everything, cleaning up, cooking. And as soon as I opened up to, oh my gosh, I'm not allowing people to shine because that's that's what, what really, really hit me. Because when I felt like, oh, I'm doing everything, I was okay with doing everything. Well, not really, but I could do everything. And that whole thing you just did, that's exactly how I portray. That's how I look. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I'm intense. Listen, you're intense and you say some shit. You you do not hold back. Right. I don't hold back with myself, so so I get it. Yeah. Which is so beautiful. You know, like I didn't know that. So that's what was going to be said at the dinner, you know? And you're like, yeah, you need to stop doing that shit. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you did. 
Yes, me too. And and the book Freedom and Feminism, it's it is just that like all of the women came together and told their stories and there's 20 different women with these powerful stories and powerful images. And it was so seamless and beautiful because all I had to do was my little section and share this powerful piece. Amazing. You have another book out, right? I do. Uh, that you did, because I remember you had... Um, I, I have a book. Russell Simmons had that book, yes, right? Yes, yes, So Finding Your Way, um, Alphabetical Keys to the Divine. So yes, that was my book. Everyone needs to have that. Yes. That's a, that's a must-have on your tabletop. Yes, yes. Which, oh... I, I even think all your books are unnecessary to have. The uh, freedom and feminism is very important because you, to hear the other stories of women is very is very poignant because you feel like your your story is being told through those other women. Yes, and you can relate to it. And I think it's important for women to hear each other's voices so they know they're not alone and that there is this beautiful um, community of women that are willing to share and communicate. Um, that and I think your book definitely um, is about that. Absolutely, and it shows like if if we were in another, if we were in another country, I could be stoned for what I did. <laughs> oh yeah, trust me, I've been to those, I've been to those countries naked on on top of a New York City building. So the fact like that. Yeah, don't stop doing that. I love those pictures. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 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 all your pictures where you're grinding your hips in this kind of dance class and stuff. My sister calls me. She goes, did you see Anita's new picture? I love her. She just keeps the wildness in me. I said, well, maybe she should bring the wildness out of you. You know, but she'd be like, you got to go look right now, brother. You got to go look. And I go in and there you are grinding, doing this kind of hip thing. And I'm like, oh my God, your husband must be, your partner must be in heaven. I don't know what to say. Sometimes I feel like, is this too X-rated for Instagram? I don't know. They haven't kicked me off yet. So you know why? Because they're enjoying it. Let's, let's be real about it. Let's be real about it, okay? <laughs> I'm for all that. Just keep those videos coming. Yes. Keep those pictures coming. You're, I love going to your site because I love some of the things. I actually, um, while I'm here, I'm just going to pull up something that I saw the other day I thought was pretty, pretty amazing. Absolutely. But I just love going to your Instagram page. If you're not following her, you need to go follow her. I, I love what you what you stand for and what i love what you stand for is you stand for the freedom of the wild woman yes you know the colorful woman the outspoken woman those things are really important today because of really if we're talking about the me too right what is the whole aspect of the me too which is my voice to be heard right my voice to be heard and and that has been a big difficulty in society because, you know, if we look back in the olden times, women lost their voice to be heard because they were, men were afraid that if they spoke too much and like, you know, I'm watching the show on TV and it was this woman and he's like, he's like, um, do you think I would listen to you? You're a woman, you know, as mm. if women have no wisdom when women are the wisdom keepers, yes. you know, Ashe. let's be real about Ashe. that. Ashe. Ashe. So the thing is, is that I love that. And so I'm gonna, I want to pull up something because I saw something and I just love everything that you, you, you got going on. I mean, all these little beautiful pictures that you have on your, your Instagram is amazing. And the things that, you, that comes out of your mouth, you know, like this one, I am under no obligation to make sense to you. Oh, sure. Boom. 
I mean, like right there, it's it's it speaks so truth. It's like, you know, you know, dust settles. I don't. Yeah. I mean, these are powerful. You know, live a fuck yes life. Yes. Lit. Fuck yes. Yes. <laughs> lit. 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 Realness. Yes. Realness. Yes. You Absolutely. Know? It's uh, it's it's something. Um, you know, every word we speak is a spell. Lisa Lister, um, you put that quote, you know, Lisa and I, I had her on, on the share on, on Ancient Wisdom. Oh, we beautiful. did it while we were in Mallorca. We're good friends. And mm. you and Lisa, have you met each other I yet? I have not. Oh. No. Okay, I'm going to call Lisa. I'm going to put you and Lisa in contact because you both need to know each other. Lisa's my sister. And, you know, um, I love this one. No one builds a legacy by standing still. Yeah. You know, the, the reality of it all, and when you look at your 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 pictures and you look at like the the photographs you take and just the way you you portray yourself, like there's this one here where you're pretty much butt naked standing on a rooftop with your, you know, blowing in the wind on a on a on a on a ledge. Yes. And look at even Michael Bethwick liked it. I bet you he did. <laughs> Please, Michael Bethwood, you know what's up. We love him. We love you. We love and you. And so it is. And so it is. <laughs> and that's what she's doing. And so it is. But no, I love you, brother. Uh, Michael's great. I remember he had me speak at Agape once. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience. Mm. But the thing is, is that I think that there's a point um, where I feel like you have come to be a renegade for women. Ashay. Right. Ooh, I feel that. Thank you. You know that scene in Catwoman? You ever seen Catwoman? I the have. original one? Oh, no. Not the one, the one with Michelle Pfeiffer, not the one that they did with the Holly Berry, which was just not, I wasn't into it. I was just like, too much bling on the nails, babe. Yeah. But the one with Michelle Pfeiffer, where she actually figures out she's like, she's now become a cat. She walks in her apartment. That's why I don't like yes. the ones that they did with Holly Berry, because it doesn't show the true transformation. Yeah. She walks into her apartment and she starts pulling out these old clothes that she used to wear. And mm. she like looked at it and was disgusted by mm-hmm. it and just started ripping stuff out yes. of her closet and yes. they couldn't take it anymore and got in the sewing machine and started making I her do own outfit. That. I have chills. Yeah, I, I got chills too. And then she went out and then she was like, ooh, she was making all these noises and purr and like walking all sexual on the ledge and she's like now the kitty's out to play you know (laughs) it's like that breakthrough that energy that's you yes 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 and i love that you brought that up because i've been looking at a lot of eartha kit oh i love eartha kit she was a fucking brilliant woman and I had no idea. I just knew, you know, the singing. I hadn't. I. I didn't know any of her philosophy, and now hearing it, what? Oh, what she felt about relationships, relationships. Her teachings, everything. You are. You are here to fall in love with. You, you. What was it? You. I. I. You are here so I can fall deeper in love with myself. Mm-hmm. That's right. To say that back then. But that's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Amazing. Yeah, Eartha Kitt's no joke. She was the original Catwoman. Yes. So you can see... You can see, you know, where where it's where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Because Eartha Kitt... I mean, that's why I loved her in that movie Boomerang. You ever see Boomerang? Yes. yes. She's like... Well, Boomerang had all of them. Oh, it was Eartha so good, Kitt. though. It was so good. It was so good. Oh. Like, what about the scene where, like, where pussy. Grace is like, pussy, 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 pussy,
I love it. And that oh. John Jay, remember John Jay? I can watch mm. Boomerang over and over again mm. for mm. Eartha Kitt and for for Grace Jones, Grace perform- Jones. for her performance. They were amazing. She's like, and she's like, and when are we going to fuck? Yes. I was like, <laughs> oh my god! And then Eartha Kitt would be coming over, and she'd be like. <laughs> you know and she was like like it was just it was so real and so good on every level on every level that's why i have to say i really love black culture because look melaton magic there's realness in the way we yeah. are you know yeah. the way we have sex the way we eat mm-hmm. the way we talk and laugh the loudness the craziness the wildness the like i don't careness yeah. that like i will go in the middle of the street and just say exactly what i want to say next yes yes you know and the beautiful thing about where we are right now as as black people is that we i mean what I've seen is that a large amount of us are ready to heal the hurts that our ancestors endured. A hundred percent. I can't even, and, I'm my hands down. Yes, Boom. It's, it, was, it was too hard for them to do it at that moment. Too hard. And right now, somehow, for some reason, I'm sure you know, there is this energy where like, we are ready to heal that. Yes, and how amazing is that? Yeah. And even for the Latinos, like everyone of melatonin skin is going through this deep healing to really like bring about, like I was talking to this woman in the, uh, here in the hotel at the Mondrian where I'm at here in New York. And I was talking to her and she runs the whole like house cleaning, you know, thing. And we were just having a deep conversation. She's like, I want to follow. She's like, I want to get your book when it comes out. And I want to, you know, get involved in your podcast. I was telling her about who I am and what I do and all this stuff. You know, and she was saying like, you know, in the Latin community, women are still oppressed and that it's the machismo men that runs over women. And I said, that's about to change. Oh, yes. I said, the it's Latina already, sisters. It's already happening. Yeah, it's already happening. These Latina sisters aren't playing anymore. No. They're about uh-uh. to throw it down. They're like, what? You want to eat? Yeah. You want this pussy? <laughs> you want to have, you want to have a, a, you know, a good home? You know, you better shut up. Caete la boca. And you better bring it. So I told my Muslim, my Muslim women when I, you know, I run this big, you know, a lot of, um, I run a lot of uh, women groups in Turkey. Yeah. And I said, to, you know, this woman, she was like telling me like, yeah, you know, but I'm afraid to do this workshop with you, Shaman, because my husband, he's very Muslim and he's not going to this and that and the other. I said, first of all, the one thing you need to understand, my dear, is you got a pussy. Okay. And you put food in his mouth. Okay. Your husband's whole life would fall apart if you walked out that door. Yeah. Okay, let's get real about it. If every woman in Muslim culture was to just get up and walk, the men wouldn't know what to do. So let's recognize your power and let him know, I'm taking a workshop with Shaman Durek, and that's what I'm doing. And I even had Muslim men come to me and get mad at me because their women were coming to me and they didn't like it. And then all of a sudden, they realized, oh my goodness, they came to me, back to me, and apologized for what they said to me and thanked me because mm. their sex life got better mm-hmm. because they were controlling the sex. Mm-hmm. Sex only when they want sex. Yeah, yeah. They're not allowed to feel pleasure. Only they can feel pleasure. So all of these things were coming and they were not being able to express themselves in the way they wanted to. A man comes home in Muslim family in Turkey. He, has, he puts his, the controller, the TV controller. He puts his feet on the table. The woman comes in with tea. Yeah. serving him yeah i yeah. said you need to change it up mm-hmm. he can make his own tea yeah but like that's why You're i love mixing the- things up yeah it's true and and that's yeah, the thing like- i was i was just having this conversation because 
so many of the women that I work with, their men are fucking scared of me. They're so scared. Oh, that's good. And so it, what, what, what happens is either the women are completely out of the relationship once they start working with me, or it fucking is amazing, right? Never, ever stays the same, right? And so I have had a few men come up and say, thank you so much. <laughs> Like they're so, so, so in love with what their relationship has turned into Absolutely. because now their their women are like queens, queens, and fucking love pleasure. That's right. And if you're a queen and you got a and you and see, this is the other thing too because a lot of times women will date men who haven't had a rites of passage. Yes. So they're still playing baby boys, mm-hmm. right? And so now she gets married to that baby boy. So now she has a baby with that baby boy. Yeah. And now that baby, she has a baby and she's got a baby boy. Yes. And so, and and she's allowing it to happen. Yes. But if she steps into her queendom, then it's either two or one things can happen. Either her man needs to step up and get that rites of passage and become the king yes. to match her queen, or yes. he needs to get to step in. Yep. Which can happen, men. You can do it. And that's, I think, a, a really interesting thing because we don't have like rites of passage here, right? Like the things, the things happen just within life, which yes, you know, we have certain rites of passage. Like I would say perhaps my molestation was a beautiful right, rites of passage for me, you know, but it wasn't something that was set up for me where like you're going through this journey and it's going to be a rites of passage. So for the men, like what, what is that for them? And with all of these things catered to them, how are they going to have a rites of passage? And yes, the women are so important to the men that if the women all of a sudden are completely different beings and have come into their queendom, the men are going to go through a rites of passage. Of course. Yeah, of course. Because they can't control them anymore. That's right. That's right. Even the sons. Even the sons. Because one of the things that I notice a lot too is that women who feel insecure go to their son and smother them because they're looking for that affection and that love and that validation mm-hmm. from their son because they're not getting it from their from their from their male counterpart. Oh. So they suffocate their son, so their son ends up not liking the mom. Mm. And then looks any woman who comes into that son's life who has that same characteristic or that same behavior, they they push away. They push away. So they don't men don't like to be smothered so much. We need to be able to fall down and let us feel our pain. Mm-hmm. Let us go through that through that experience, but be there and say, I love you, but let us have that growth period. Yes. Whereas a mother su- suffocates her son and becomes mama boy, and you mama boy turns to baby boy. Yeah. And baby boy doesn't get to grow up. And now women start dating baby boys and they're wondering why they have no help when they're pregnant, when they have no help in the home, they have mm-hmm. no help with the kids, they have no help with nothing because you're dating a baby boy. Yeah, absolutely. And baby all, boy, of, baby all boy. of this stuff is so amazing because me and and there's five women that we're, we're part of the Goddess Wisdom Council. And my sister is one of them, Ivana. And one of the things that we are doing is we are having a men's retreat where it's all men and we are going to show them how to treat goddesses. And I mean, that is coming up. Our next one is in Bali, which is for, for goddesses, for women. But but, where can people get this information? So the information, if you follow goddess wisdom council on, on Instagram or goddesswisdomcouncil.com. Okay. And that's where the information for the retreats are, which are just absolutely magical. 
and powerful because because what it is women stepping into their power is never power over it's always empowerment yes it's, it's always empowerment always and so these women step in and it's almost like oh teach us and then they realize oh it's not about teach us it's about we already know and it's about remembering remembering what we already know with inside of ourselves Yes, but you know, I also have to say though, women do need to teach us. There is a remembrance too, which I 100% agree with you, but women see things quantumly, men see linearly. So there are things we don't see. And so we, when and we that, do the men's retreat, we'll do more of the teaching. Well, it's, a, it's, it's acknowledging that. It's acknowledging that when you walk into a room, you see quantumly, men see linearly. We see how we're feeling, what we're doing, who we're engaging with, and where we're going and how it benefits us. Women see the bigger picture. Yes. How is this going to hurt my child? How is this, gonna, this person going to feel? What's going to happen if my kid walks over here? What, what kind of environment is this? Are there negative people? Are there positive people? Is there exits? Are there, you know, they see all of that. Yes. And so w- we don't know, you know? And the reality is, is that, yeah, you may say there's a knowing. We don't have... Uh, a, a very strong amygdala like women do that have been building that from dawning of time that allows them to sense danger. We don't sense danger, right? We operate from the idea of how good we feel in doing something. Yes. Whereas women operate on the idea of how good they feel for contributing to something okay. th- that's a bigger than them. Yes. Right? And so we have to learn if we're going to be able to adapt on planet Earth and sustain the human species... Men have to understand to learn the life code from women. Yes. Right? Women have the life code. We don't. That's why when we have children, we don't, we feel estranged from our child. Because women had the child in them, you know, going through the whole gestation process all the way up to the birth. That child's already been connected to your your neurological system, your myelin, like everything going on in your body. We don't have that. So we build our relationship. We still feel foreign from our children. So there's a period where I always say, I always tell my male friends who have children, I said, and when your kid gets to a certain age, you need to ask your wife that you give her a break, go on a vacation for a month. You need to take your kid and go away somewhere for a month and bond. Beautiful. Because if you don't, you're always going to be that part in the house and the tribe where your kid is just going to see you as an authoritative figure and as a strong figure, but they're not going to have that bonding connection connection that they would with their mother. Yes. And there has to be that energy. It has to be a complete circumference. It has to be a completion there so that the unit of the tribe is strong. Yes. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Thank you. Did you get orgasm? Oh, oh. Mental orgasm. Oh, I love it. I always say mental <laughs> orgasm, emotional orgasm. I always say if you can't get the threes, you don't get you, you don't you don't get anywhere else. Uh. So the threes are spiritual orgasm, mental orgasm, emotional orgasm. Mm. If you want to get to to the to the body, you got to get the three. You got to hit the threes. Yeah. You can't hit the yeah. threes. You don't get to that one. Oh, hit I the love threes. It. Hit the threes. I love it. No, I'm glad that you said that because these these are the retreats we've done with women, right? And so we come in and that's the empowerment. So with the men, I will come in teaching shit then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you you know, I mean, that's the reality. And then, you know, and the thing is in in the male understanding or the male aspect, you know, I I always say this is like when I do big workshops, right? I'll see a huge room of women and maybe 15, 20 men. Yes. Okay. The reason why is men, we were taught not to be comfortable with our faults. Yes. We go, we immediately uh, regress to the little boy who's getting in trouble with his mom. Yes. Yes. So we rather lie, Mm -hmm. cover up, 
get get into an argument with you so that way we can win through distraction. Yes. Or we'll play the game of, you know, you're you're being too emotional, you're being too this, you're being too that. So to to what we call to make to do a bypass on you. Yeah. So that you to, you know to put the shroud over your head so that you get so caught up in the idea of you getting loved that you forget what the thing was that we were mm. actually doing. Because we are uncomfortable with admitting fault. Yes. When I was a kid, my dad used to always say to me, you know what I love about you, son, that you, I, that I learned from you? And I go, what is that, dad? He goes, every time you do something that's not correct or not in balance, you always admit it. Mm. Always admit it. My dad could never admit it. Wow. Until later on in his life when he was like, you know what? I'm learning now what you, what you, what you, why you were my son. Yes. Because I always admit it. Like if I did something to, and I wasn't the easiest boyfriend, <laughs> women can tell you. Uh, I'm sure I have a lot of women who, you know, are probably like who listen to this share and who are, you know, you know, are rolling their eyes and like, I dated Shaman Durek. I know what he's like. <laughs> Back when now now I'm a whole different person. Yes, yes. But I am a Scorpio. Back then, when I was younger, oh. I was a very vindictive Scorpio, and I had to grow out of that through life pains, and yes. then through through my own shamanic um, training, also helped me a lot to forward that faster yes. because I was able to use the tools on myself. Mm. But I was a son of a bitch. I'm sure. You know, I was like <laughs> I was like the king. I was like running shit. I was like doing all making my girlfriends do all kinds of crazy things. Yes. Like, well, if you love me and you are not because I had one girlfriend, she said, she said, um, I'm I'm not gonna have sex with you until we get married. She was very religious. So I was like, oh, okay. I said, Well, I'm a guy. So if you can't have sex with me, there's this girl who will have sex with me. But if you love me, you'll let me have sex with her no. while you wait in the hallway so we can so I can have sex. I mean, I was crazy like that. Wow. Okay. And then she was like, Okay, fine. I love you. I'll do it. And she did it. And then my sister would be like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I needed sex, you know? And so this girl came in, this girl named Pam, we had sex. And then she left and then I was back in the room with my girl. And, but I was, I convinced these women that like, because I was, they got, they got the magic in me. They got the the, the training shaman in me. They got the sexual Scorpio in me, the hotness in me. Plus at that time I was like six pack, which I'm getting back to and like really building out my body, you know? And I, I have to admit, you know, uh, I have this very strong understanding of sexual and sensual energy. So when yes. it comes to women orgasm, that's a no-brainer. When it comes to male orgasm, that's a no-brainer. So for me, I was this very difficult boyfriend because I had this ego about me. Like, you're lucky you're even with me. Right. You know? And then my mother was like, you know what you need to do? And I'm like, what? She goes, you need to go work in a woman's battered shelter. Mm. I was like, what? Why? She's like, I'm your mother and I'm the goddess. That's how she talks to me. Yes. I'm your mother. I'm the goddess. I brought you into this world and I'm telling you with my wisdom that this is what you need to do. Wow. And so I did. Everything changed. Thank you, goddess. <laughs> I, mean, like, I can't you, tell goddess. you. It completely rocked me inside because every. Everything that I was dealing with, with these women who've been beaten and kicked and rib cages broken and all these horrible things, stories that they told me, and I'm just volunteering there, but watching it and watching and hearing and and it was just like making me sick about myself. Because I I used to be the guy that if my girlfriend said something, I would backhand her and Mm. smack her. I had this one girl, this Latin girl I was dating. 
And one time she was talking to me, I said, you know what? I said, don't talk anymore. She kept talking and I smacked her across the face. I said, I told you, don't talk. You talk when I tell you to talk. Mm. Now go get me something to eat. Like I was king. I was like, a, but a crazy king. I was like, you do this, you do that. Women are subservient to me. This is how I was. But as soon as I got into that Bowdard shelter, it rocked me from inside. Seriously. And it changed everything. Even from the type of women that I dated. I was yeah. dating women who were very subservient. Yeah. I started dating women who were very powerful. Yes. Who walked in the room and would be like, zip up my dress, babe. Mm. And put on my shoes for me. Mm. And mm. don't forget to wash my feet. And I'd be like, oh, yes, queen. Yes. You know, and I learned from my girlfriend, uh, I had some really great girlfriends. They taught me how, because they knew that I was doing that work in the Baptist shelter. And they taught me how to honor the goddess. Yeah. You know, one girlfriend, she was really about serving the woman, you know, and she said to me, and she's like, you don't have to do this, but I think you should do this because if you learn to serve me, you will understand that you serving me isn't you being a slave. It's you understanding how to serve a woman. Yeah. And I was like, and then I did it and it was like amazing. And it feeds the energy. It totally did. Of the whole system. Yep. Once the once the the female is full, the whole system works. And that's what I loved about it because yeah. every time I gave to her, I got more. Yes. Yeah. She come in. She be like, "Babe, I'm going to make you some food." I'm like, "You are?" She's like, "Yeah," because I gave her a massage the night before yeah. because I washed her and feet. Then that, because... And then that food is full of love, not mm. resentment, not because she has to make it. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Wow, Dirk. Wow. I had no idea. Oh yeah. I've been, I've been through, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, funny because a lot of my friends who, who do know me from when I was young, they always look at me and there's like, you're a remarkable person. Cause I remember how you used to be. And wow. like, literally when I meet guys who are abusive to women, I talk to them straight up. I'm like, I know why you're doing that. I know why you're th- what you're thinking and I know what you're feeling and I can tell you how to get out of every single thing you're doing and I know exactly what to say to you to get you out and I just simply tell them what's making them do that and immediately they break down. Wow. Yeah, it's just it's it's a it's one of the many wonderful things that I got to have happen to me, yes. you know, to really having a father who was very male chauvinist treating women with disrespect. Every time we go out to eat dinner, he'd be like, yeah, she wants to have sex with me. You know, like he'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to wear my Rolex tonight because this girl likes money and I'm going to show her, you know, what a millionaire is like. And I'm just like, okay, dad, you know, and he has that very African, very macho way about him. He's very strong, you know, and he always told me, keep women, he's like, keep women here. He even, I mean, my dad once told me, if you want to have a good bank account, be marry a white woman, don't marry a black woman, mm. you know? But I was like, what? And so it was a very interesting contrast because I was attracted to this one girl in school named Erica and she was light-skinned and black. And then there was this other girl, this blonde girl named Debbie. And I was attracted to her because she liked the rock and roll music I liked. And it was just like contrast. But I was like, oh, I can't be with you, Erica. I got to be with her because that's going to get me the bank account. But then I realized that my time, my where I was getting my most energy from was from the other girl. It was oh, it's very wow. interesting. So yeah, so I firsthand can tell you that there's a lot of healing that has to happen with men, but the healing can only happen when men are willing to step into a place of humility. Yes. Because that's what I had to step into. Yes. Step into a place of humbleness. 
mm-hmm. which is not humble that I'm weak and I'm beneath you. Mm-mm. It's I'm willing to stop wanting to control the situation. Yes. And I'm willing to open my vessel to your givingness. Yes, Ashay. And and just the way that we're all connected, interconnected beings, it's the same for women. Powerful. The same for women. We need to step into that hum that humility, right? I mean, because right now it's in the shame and guilt, which is very different than humility, which might look like how people might say, oh, you know, head down or whatever. But but True humility is such a divine space. Uh, what was the thing in my book? Um, ego is the wanting, not the knowing of one's greatness. Absolutely. That's, that that you, makes sense in shamanism. Yeah. Because once you know, that's when you're truly humble. You don't have to prove anything. Nothing. To anyone. Nothing. Why would you anyway? Why would you? It's like a waste of energy. I, this this conversation was hot, 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 lit, okay? I'm on the lit train. I'm on the lit rocket. I'm just rolling litness all over. This is good. I feel good. I'm getting tingles. I'm feeling good all through my being. I, I mean, that we definitely hit the A threes here. orgasm. Yeah, seriously, on so many spiritual levels. I'm just, just I'm, I'm blitzed. I'm just on a whole nother level. Straight lit giant right now. That's my word. I always tell people, I'm like, don't be, don't play small, be a giant. Yes. That's like my whole thing. It's like my whole thing. It's in my book that comes out next year. It's like, don't play small, be a giant. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. So I'm going to share some of it with you later okay. though. So um, yeah. So how can people find you? So I am on Instagram as Anita Kopach, A-N-I-T-A-K-O-P as in Paul. A, C as in cat, Z as in zebra. And we're also at the Goddess Wisdom Council on Instagram and thegoddesswisdomcouncil.com. And my book, Freedom and Feminism, and my book, Finding Your Way, are both on Amazon. So grab them yeah. and have fun. Yeah, tribe. <laughs> There's lots of naked women in there. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Beautiful. People think, God, shaman, God, you're so you're so like turned on by us. But I'm turned on by life, people. Yes, yes. I'm turned on by life. Okay, a girl gets naked from me, a guy gets naked from me. I'm like, yes, beautiful. <laughs> Everything is gorgeous. The trees, you, the flowers, the sun, the sky, the clouds. It's nature. It's life. It's, it's beauty. Nature. I love everything God created. Ashe. Create more. Create more, God. I love Ashe. you. Thank you so much for being on today's share. Mm, I'm honored. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored. Let me bow to you, Queen. Mm. I'm a bow right now to you. And just thank the graces that you walk upon. Ashe. Mm, Ashe. Receiving. I love you. I love you too. All right, tribe. I mean, if you didn't feel some orgasm, some stimulation going on inside of you, then, you know, you really need to give Anita a call because that that chair was lit, okay? I was feeling it everywhere. It was an 
all my body. That was a conversation that needed to be had on such a soul deep level. And you learn some new things today that are going to lift you and shift you and take you higher. If it's your evolution in the understanding of orgasm, if it's your evolution, understanding of relationships or connection or realness or getting rid of that shame and blame guilt nonsense, because we don't need that anymore. Out with that and in with the new. And what is the new all about? Radiant love, radiant truth, radiant honesty. That's what it's about. And so I'm so happy. And so please do go get her books. Put that book on blast on your house, right in the middle of the table so everyone can see it. So you can read it and just keep yourself on that space of acknowledging the women, their stories, the beauty that you see, and also all of the things that she represents. If you want to get involved in her retreats and everything, go to her website, check her out on Instagram. Okay. This goddess, this queen is on fire. And if you don't believe me, check out her Instagram and you get back to me, report back to me how hot those pictures are. Cause I'm telling you she's smoking on top of that. Remember, tribe, it's all about keeping it real all the time, every time, loving and loving all the time, every time. Remember how powerful you are. There's no one like you in the world. And if you haven't followed me yet on Shaman Durek on Instagram, do so because I do a lot of IG lives where I do randoms, where I bring you on, talk to you, find out where you're about, learn from you and hear your teachings that you bring to the tribe. Because remember, it's not about me. It's for all of us. It's about the we. So let's keep it real all the time. Leave a message uh, or a review on, um, on iTunes so that other people can hear about how to join the tribe and we build this family stronger all day and all day longer. Love you so much. And remember, you're powerful and no one can take that away from you. Until next time. Bye.